Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the An Affair with Life podcast. This is episode number 15, and I am your host, Misha Shabib. So I'm going to take a little different spin on this episode, and it's going to be a two-part series. The first one, which will be shared today, right now, after finishing this recording, (laughs) and the second one will be released tomorrow. So this is actually an exciting episode. Um, I have caught myself stuttering before where I get super excited. Well, how much excitement is, is too much excitement, really, you know? But anyhow, I would get really excited and then I start stuttering on my own words and I'm like, okay, there goes the recording. Let's redo it. So there's that type of energy today, which I'm all for and I hope you are too. Um, so this is the episode where I really want to dive in deep into the book, my first book, the book of poetry. You've heard me talk about it a little bit on the podcast before, and you have heard me leak some uh, sneak peeks on my Instagram page, but, um, book is coming out right around summer officially. You will be able to pre-order it in the next month or so. But again, as soon as everything is official, I will let you know. Currently, the book is in some final editing stages at the publisher. So, you know, tweaking a thing or two here and there, finalizing proofs. And it's, it's really never felt so real before. So... I'm I'm so excited and and humbled by it all, you know? It's just whenever we do something that makes us feel good and we do something that makes us feel alive and just so true to ourselves, like we're just so in our element when we do that thing. And when we truly and wholeheartedly connect to whatever this is, it could be a sport, a hobby, a project, a new business, a whatever it may be, cooking a new meal, whatever it is that lights your soul on fire. Like whenever we connect to it just for the pure essence of the joy, gosh, you guys, it is magical. And I say that lightly and seamlessly because when all of this idea came about to me, I was attached to this should be successful and this should happen in ABC and X, Y, and Z and one, two, three, because if not, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world and I'm not going to make it and I'm going to be a failure and I'm going to let down my fans and I'm going to let down my community. And oh my gosh, there's just a million things like start rolling you into a deep loophole that is, is just like, once you step out of it, you ask yourself, why, you know, why am I attaching myself to an outcome? And in the teachings of spirituality, one thing that's heavily focused on is, yes, presence, letting go, but detachment from the outcome. And one thing that I've really learned about that notion is that this does not mean let's get discouraged if things don't manifest in the way we want them to. On the contrary, keep in mind that the universe always, always, always has a plan for each and every one of us, right? And when we try to control the manifestation or the revealing of whatever this thing we want so badly, 
we are interrupting this plan. And in interrupting that plan out of the necessity to control, which in reality equates to fear, we are literally butting heads with the universe. So the universe is like, okay, girlfriend or boyfriend, whoever, you know, (laughs) chill the fuck out, right? And understand that if you do not see this thing happening in the exact and very moment that you need it and want it to, or maybe it gives you like a sneak peek and you're like, oh my gosh, why did this not follow all the way through? Or, oh my gosh, I thought this was going to be the one and it's not like what the fuck. And I thought that this was going to be here at this specific timing. And I planned this thing to happen with this color coordination and this outfit. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I literally just got dizzy saying all that because I have been there. I have been there and I have driven myself insane with the overthinking and the what ifs and the ABC and this unnecessary obsession with perfection. Remember that in detaching from the outcome, automatically we are detached from the future. And from detaching, pardon me, from with detaching from the future, you automatically bring yourself back to the present moment, right? So we released that that um, time travel, if you will, that that um, subconscious mind travel of, okay, this is what I want. And it's going to happen like this and like that, like that, like that. And I'm going to drive myself insane until I literally see it happening in physical manifestation, right? So all that, great. Threw it out of the window. Woohoo. Now we're one layer closer to actual presence, right? The detachment aspect, once we are in the present, is literally, you're going to laugh your ass off. But I swear to you, it is so, it's literally as simple as it sounds. The detachment code and formula in the present moment is to very much do nothing more or less than being present. Wow, Misha, mind blowing. Yay. Okay. (laughs) What do I mean? Well, being present means I want this thing to do well. Let me let's let me use my personal example, the book. I want this book to do so fucking well and I want to travel the world. This is when the idea first happened, right? By the end of the year, I want to travel the world. I already want to have sold X amount of copies. I already want to have been interviewed by one, two, three, four, five of like my favorite human beings on the planet. I already want to have collaborated with some of my favorite podcasters who have changed my life and people in those self-development, growing, healing um, niche. And I already probably want to have another book. And if all of that does not happen like that, then I am a failure and I did something wrong. And what was the point of all this? And, and well, but there, okay, well, you know what? The likelihood of all of that happening like that is not going to happen anyways. So I'm just going to stop clinging on to a false hope and I'm not going to do it. And that is exactly what would happen every single fucking time. I would get excited and I would do it. And then when it actually comes to doing it, I would chicken out because I would drive myself insane with the overthinking. And I was so 
well, that's a whole other story, but I was so attached to my life looking a certain way at a specific moment that the likelihood of things not going well with this endeavor, the book, the podcast, and the coaching was just like unfathomable to me. It was just like, I'd rather not do it at all if there was a risk of failure. That was one aspect of it, right? The second half is that that same year was when I was ready to launch and do and release and publish and blah, blah, blah. I lost my father. And apart from healing and growing and understanding life and connecting deeper to myself in my experiences in romantic relationships, which has been a huge, huge epiphany and turning point of my life, losing my father was the biggest fucking slap in the face in the sense of shaking my inner world upside down and literally just enveloping me with this permanent cloud of sadness where all I wanted to do was be in activation, 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 do, 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 to-do list. Oh my gosh, I just went, I just came back from a trip. Let's go book another one. Oh my gosh, I happen to have a free day where I can actually sit down and relax and breathe. Okay, let me go find something else to do. I literally, in in, in my grieving period after losing my father, like I, I forgot what rest meant. I forgot what being in my feminine energy in the sense of being in my receiving and just fucking taking a breather meant I was always on the go. I was always on the go. And I would, in the back burner, I was always thinking about the book, the book, the book, the book. Oh my gosh, I didn't publish it. Cause let's be real. I lost all inspiration and a huge part of me felt like, okay, what's the point if I'm not sharing this with my favorite human being, you know, like what is the point of this book? So that held me back apart from all the overthinking I just told you about. So then that overthinking was activated like 20 times more. So yay, now the book is never going to come out, right? And then Misha thinks that somehow, which here's the irony, I had embarked on this, um, this was what year, 2021? where I told myself, okay, in honor of turning 25, which was like a really awesome milestone for me, I'm going to go travel once a month. So there was that aspect, which I felt so fucking grateful for. And that is how I was connecting to my father because he was, you know, equally as free spirited and adventurous and travel was everything for him. So here I was doing that, but deep down inside, it was just, again, it was me attaining some physical, tangible thing to fill in this void of like inexplicable sadness and emptiness right which is beautiful like I am so grateful to have done all that travel who does not want to travel that frequently but I could not shut up my mind I remember like the first trip I did when when I set out that intention I remember I went to Austin and the weather was beautiful. I'm, you know, a nature junkie. So for me, the hiking and the hills and all the biking and that nature meets city vibe was like, oh my gosh, I'm in cloud nine. And I remember I would wake up because I got into this spirituality path during the quarantine, right? And then I lost a grip of it when I lost my father. So I completely lost touch with myself, in other words. And I remember I would tell myself, okay, this is the day where we're going to just sit down 
and just try not to think, right? I was incapable of shutting up my mind. I was incapable of shutting up my mind. Like breathing, sleeping without anxiety, sleeping without thinking about something before going to bed and then thinking about something else right after I wake up was just like not possible, (laughs) no matter how desperately I wanted to. And I would wake up in the hotel room and yeah, I'm ready to go, this and that. And I just, I would not be able to shut up my mind. Like meditation was impossible. It was, it was a lot. (laughs) And then down the line, here I am trying to like find some meaning and some joy in life and let me connect with myself. And yeah, it was awesome traveling, but then somewhere that void that I was somehow like putting a bandaid on, right? That grief that I just really needed to feel in reality. I was just masking it and putting a bandaid on it by doing. And one of the things that I was constantly doing was traveling, right? I subconsciously made myself just very how how can I express this so it makes sense? I just made my, like, with my own two hands, I put myself in a position where emotional vulnerability was at an all-time high. But I was incapable of coming to terms to that with myself. So now when I reflect back on the timing of things, All I did was try and fill that void that I was so afraid and tormented by feeling it. Like, I just, I could not accept, like, dad, why did you leave so fucking soon, you know? And nothing is helping. Yes, it would feel great in the moment. And how cool was it? Like, I look back and honestly, who doesn't want to be an independent badass who does solo trips, like, and has a blast doing it, right? But deep down inside, like the internal landscape was just an emotional roller coaster, right? That is when I got into my second romantic relationship, second ever serious romantic relationship. And let's be real. Now that I reflect on it, yeah, obviously I liked the guy at the time, but I feel like I got into it for the wrong reasons or I got into it as almost like, like the way my mind was analyzing things was, okay, this traveling, because the third trip that I did that year, I I, just, I didn't enjoy the place and I was discontent with myself. I was incapable of connecting with myself. So then the, exter- the external was taking a toll on me. And that's when I went to seek something else external to fill that fucking void. What was the external in that moment? The relationship. I was putting it off because I was enjoying my travels at the time. But then I'm like, okay, yeah, let's give this thing a shot. Fine. Great. Woohoo. And I was just riding its wave slowly, right? But here's what happened. I didn't come face to face with my feelings. And I got into a relationship for the wrong reasons. And even though I recognize all the red flags from the beginning, I stayed in it anyways. And I said, you know, it'll be okay. Yeah, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And I bring that relationship up because the common denominator was that I was still in a position in my life where I had not 
fully immersed myself or understood or embodied true connection to my true self and my person, like me, all my past, my childhood, my traumas, my fears, my this, my that, like I still had fully embodied self-love or acceptance of myself, right? So there were these like, half empty, half full voids that I was just looking to, again, put a bandaid on with external things. So the common denominator with those two relationships is that yes, they were both toxic, unhealthy relationships. And I say this a lot, like you guys, we do not attract toxic relationships because we're toxic. Relationships act as not a mirror because it's not like you're attracting a carbon copy of yourself. No. You're attracting a reflection of your relationship with yourself. And I didn't understand that, right? But today what I can say after going through all the bullshit (laughs) is that it's a reflection of your relationship with yourself in the sense of how deeply have you really gotten to know yourself? How deeply have you really gotten to tend to your unmet needs? How deeply have you gotten to tend to that inner child that probably has a million unmet needs? How deeply... Have you really not like, yeah, woo, I love myself. No, but how deeply have you really like embodied that essence and like looked at, look at yourself in the mirror and say, fuck man, I'm just so proud of you. You know, you've come such a far way and I love you. How deeply have you really embodied your sexuality and given yourself pleasure as opposed to also outsourcing that? Like all those little things. I didn't, I didn't know all this. Like I know this stuff today and I feel it more than ever. And we'll get to the gems and lessons learned in the second half, but I didn't know that at the time. So unconsciously what we do when we have some void or unresolved wound or whatever it is, we attract relationships from a place of an unmet childhood need as opposed to here is where I am today and this is what I'm seeking and this is where I'm going. Two very different energies and spaces, right? And the book, when I first wrote it, because I was still wounded, I still didn't understand anything, I was hurt, my ego was just like, eh, all over the place. I did it. Yes, it was a toxic and traumatic and abusive relationship. And like, guys, it can happen to anyone, right? It can happen to anyone. But my point is, at the time, I was so wounded and hurt by it all that the initial intention was like, I'm going to call my ex out. I'm going to like, yeah, I wanted to raise awareness about abuse because I'm like, holy shit, how did this happen to me? Like, I need to help women not let this happen to them. But also there was like this anger within me that wanted to just like, I'm going to call him out on his bullshit, right? So now when I reflect back on the manuscript and the fact that my book had to take all those turns. I had to get into another relationship that was very similar, you know, to lose myself again before I literally wake up myself. And I go, what the fuck? Wake up. You deserve better. And we're going to fucking go chase our dreams with our own two hands. And you're going to be an independent badass. And you're going to reach a point in your life where you are so fucking content with yourself that a romantic relationship becomes the cherry on top of life. And it does not become your desperate need for joy or satisfaction or love or validation or reassurance or emotional safety. Fuck that. And it is a hard ass process. But guys, 
from what I've been through and the essence of even sharing this book, because there was a point where I'm like, well, all this time has passed. I'm over my ex. So like, what's the point? But me doing all these things, me discovering that calling, taking action on it, and just sharing all these stories is almost like a token of honor for myself. Like, hey, I went through this. I got through it. I want to share it with you because again, it forms a part of me. And yeah, like once you get over something and you heal from it, you laugh about it. Now I think about all the bullshit doesn't hurt anymore. I laugh about it. I'm like, oh, my sweet little version of myself. Like you didn't know any better. And oh my gosh, those things that he did, that was so fucked up. (laughs) Right. Not to discredit anything because abuse is not okay. It's a whole other topic. Toxic relationships drain the living shit out of us and traumatize the living shit out of us. That is not okay. I'm trying to keep this lighthearted. We can dive into that on a whole other episode. But my point is this book is a testament to it doesn't matter what you've been through. It does not make you less or more. It just makes you you. And the only reason for other people to accept you and love you is when you really learn how to accept and love yourself. And that starts with accepting the things you've been through, accepting maybe your shitty, you know, relationships, accepting the decisions that you've made, full acceptance of everything. And coming to terms with, yeah, you know what? I'm, I, I, I can use some love and attention there. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that, I'm still pretty angry at that parent for doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you know what? My ego is just not letting me be true to myself or be vulnerable with people around me. It's just coming to terms to th- of, with things with yourself, for yourself, right? So the book, Chronicles of My Crazy Love, which again, I have leaked on Instagram. We'll be sharing more deeds, but yoo-hoo, you know. <laughs> Doesn't hurt to talk about it more and more and more because it's my baby. It's my first freaking baby. Anyways, okay. So <laughs> the book, that book, book of poetry, where as I was healing from that first relationship, I've always loved words and writing and all that. So I'm like, oh my gosh, one day I want to become an author. So cool. One day I have a breakdown and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a worthless piece of shit. Life doesn't mean anything. I suck because this was a shitty relationship. So it means I'm shitty, right? All of that thought process was just like, oh my gosh, no, don't do that to yourself. But it's okay. If it resonates, you know what I mean? It's nice to reflect on how far you've come. Anyways, (laughs) after that, I remember I just grabbed Um, my laptop and I start writing and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I writing? But I'm writing something. And then every day I would start writing a poem. And that anxiety that I mentioned earlier, earlier this episode, like when I couldn't sleep at night and I was like, wake up fucking insane in the morning and can't shut up my mind. Um, I would write, I would write and I would write and I would write and I would write. And then eventually it turned into the book. So this book to sum it all up is an invitation to be vulnerable. It's an invitation to accept your story. And yes, as I said, I switched up the manuscript. Now you'll see like the ending in the beginning was like, you read it and you're like, this is so full of rage, which is great. You know, like it went through so many edits and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm healing. I'm not so angry anymore. Anyways, now it's like a testament of thank you, universe. Thank you, X. Thank you because you woke me up. 
thank you. You led me down a path of healing. Thank you. You showed me what the fuck self-love means. <laughs> thank you. You showed me that that was not true love. Um, that was not, it was, that was like what I thought love was at the time. I don't want that version of love. I want like actual, true, healthy, sane love, you know, type of thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. And in gratitude, it's also saying, yeah, you know what? I accept this happened. It's okay. Let me heal from it. I'm not going to shove it under the rug and then keep, again, when you like shove things under the rug, like let's try and create a metaphor. Like imagine you're like digging a hole in dirt, right? So the more you like shove things under the rug and you don't come face to face with them, it's like, okay, we're digging an actual deeper hole. And if you're not actually tending to this hole, AKA more void and unattended wounding and stuff that need attention, What's going on? When you do things on the surface, we're literally just like fucking putting a band-aid on that little hole in the dirt. So what do we do with all that elongated void? Nothing. It's there until you tend to it, until you heal it. And so much shame came up for me in this book, like before even deciding to publish it. I'm like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing I went through this. Oh my gosh. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the only judgment that exists in life is the judgment we impose on ourselves. So things happen. Like if people want to judge, if people want to be assholes, if people want to be haters, if people want to put us down, that's their problem, right? That is their problem. I want you to live your most authentic self without giving a fuck what people say. And it is a long process till you get there or even remotely start kissing the, 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 the outskirts of that, you know, um, state of mind, if you will. But it is so rewarding and life becomes so much more fulfilling, which takes me back to the initial point of this. Now everything came full circle. Two years later, everything came full circle. And I'm sharing this book as like a testament of gratitude to myself and my journey. And I want you to hopefully get inspired by it, to do the same things, to lean into healing, to get curious, to to love yourself, to, to parent yourself, all those things. And, you know, specifically in the realm of romantic relationships, which you'll notice is something that I talk about a lot. Um... I want you to know that there's so much more to life than romantic relationships and falling in love. And I didn't know that. I thought like my whole life leading up to that relationship, like what my first 21, 22 years of life, I thought like all there is to life is like fucking falling in love. And then it's it happily ever after. Woo. I didn't understand what it meant to be like your own individual person. I didn't understand what it meant to chase your dreams or this or like none of that made sense to me. So when you do something and you reach that state of mind where you do things out of joy for yourself, it is such a beautiful experience. So what I want to tell you right now is if there's something that you've been dying to do, but you've just been scared, you've been talking yourself out of it, you've been procrastinating, you've been overthinking it, you have been judging yourself, you have been doing this or that. Imposter syndrome, we've heard that one a million times. All those things, those self-limiting beliefs, like if you have all that going on, I'm going to link two moral lessons here. Don't do things with an expectation. So don't do this passion project with an expectation 
linked to a certain outcome. Do it because you love it so much and you're like, oh my gosh, like for me right now, this book is like, I can't let it collect any more dust. I just want to share it. Like, these are my words. This is my story. This is my healing journey. This is how far I fucking come in such little amount of time. This is all the hard work, all the dedication, all the things that you can do too. You can reach this state of mind. You can do it too. You can do it too. And you will. If you want to, you can and you will. And I'm going to hold your hand. And I, I just like, I think about it right now. And I'm so like, I don't know, I'm getting teary eyed. But um, <laughs> excuse me. Woo. Um, it's just exciting to be like, I don't know what the fuck this is going to bring, but I want to do it because life is too short to overthink things. Just like, do it, like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, right? Like throw that mental chatter out of there and do it. Do it because it lights you up. Do it because it makes you happy. Do it because you're like, oh, this is me. This is me. This is me. And I want to share it with the world. And I want to invite people to be more vulnerable. And I want to to lift this ego-driven world and teach it how to be more vulnerable and feel your feels and all that ooey-gooey good stuff. So I'm going to leave you with that as like a little sneak peek to my story, the book, the name, the manuscript, all that good stuff. And um, tomorrow you will be um, getting a little bit more of a taste of the lessons, right? Like the morsels of wisdom and, and, um, and how to actually stay open to love, right? Like how to not assume a relationship failing as failure and defeat, right? How to see things as this is an opportunity for growth. This is like one closed door leading to another amazing open door opportunity type of thing, right? So all that goodness is going to be part two of this episode, episode 15. So whoo, almost dropped the microphone there, got excited. Anyways, so that that's going to be happening tomorrow. For now, I will leave you with this. I love you guys so much. I fucking love words too. I hope you enjoy them. Until next time, bye. Thank you.